Hey families, this is Katie Five, Kids Director at New Hope Church, and we have been recording our Amplify Parent Talks each month for you guys to hear afterwards, especially those volunteers that are working with our kiddos back in the hallway while the parent talk is happening. So we had the honor of hearing from Jamie Hatchett as she shared just little snippets on how to reach your kiddos and get to know them on an individual level. Um, there are a lot of of awesome things that she said and tips for when they're younger and then also as they grow and now she has teenagers with a blended family. Um, If I were you, I would grab a pen, I would grab some paper and get ready to write a lot of notes because she shared from her heart and it was really amazing. So sit back and enjoy. We love to record these, too, because a lot of our volunteers want to listen to this, too. But um, our whole um, theme, this this subscribe now, is what are our kids subscribing to and how are we pouring into them as parents and how are people around them pouring into them as well. So um, our kind of theme for parents this week or this month is um, building a relation, an individual relationship with each one of your kiddos. So just like um, your relationships with friends or each other are different, um, your kids are different too. So we just wanted to interview Jamie. Um, she just has a lot of good nuggets to cling on to of um, building relationships with your kiddos in a more intentional way. Okay, so part of the reason why we um, wanted to interview Jamie is um, because earlier this year, on the podcast that uh, Jake and I do, we talked to Jamie about emotion mm-hmm. and just overall, um, just what emotion is and how um, we can help parent our kids um, through emotion. And the knowledge that she dropped in that short episode was huge and we wanted to know more. So <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about you, what you do, your family, yeah. who you are? Um, so my background is is that I got to teach um, early childhood special education and education for um, North Polk schools, and then I did it for ADM for a total of 17 years between the two schools, and then um, I went and decided to work for the AEA so I could work with more communities and serve more families, um, and my specialty is areas of birth through age five um, in early childhood consultants. So I work with families inside the homes, birth through three, and then I support preschool programs that um, have students with special needs um, in three different school districts. So I get to serve Interstate 35, Winterset, and Earlham, and that's kind of what I do during my day job. And then on Wednesday nights before I drop my kids off at youth group, I teach dance. Um, in Waukee at Westside Dance Academy, and I get to work with more children and serve them ages right now five to age nine, and so I get to do that in the evenings. And then my home life, um, I... This is my favorite. What? This is my favorite. This is your favorite part? Um, My home life, we're a blended party of nine. So I have nine people in my family um, I'm so grateful for. I have uh, myself and my husband, Chris, and then we have between the two of our families, seven children. Um, So that's a lot underneath one roof, especially when um, myself only had two children to start with. Um, We got to add five additional, uh, which was a huge gift and a blessing, but it comes with a lot of challenges at the same time. 
Um, so our ages range from 12. My youngest is 12, and Chris's oldest, our oldest now is 20. So we have a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, three 14-year-olds, which is terrifying because they're all learning to drive, so you should really stay away from our street. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and then my young, our youngest is 12, so she's in sixth grade. So um, I don't know if you noticed this, though. I started talking that my expertise is birth through age five, and none of those people live in my home anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've had to grow and stretch a lot to get comfortable with the older that they get because um, it's harder to connect the older they get because friends become super important. Their activities become super important. And you as a parent, you're used to doing everything and being everywhere with your family and your kids. And they seem, or they put this front off, that they need you less when in fact they need you so much more. So um, it just looks a lot different. Um, and so learning to adjust the older they get is uh, got a challenge in itself there. But that's a little bit about me yeah. and um, my blended family. Yeah. Um, so one thing that we learned when we did the podcast interview <laughs> that you do really well is getting individual time with your kids. Um, so first, can you speak to why it is important to connect with your kids individually? Um, it's really important to connect to your kids, as I'm sure you all know, is there's not two children that are the same. Um, so you can't parent them the same. They might all live in the same house, and you might have birthed all of them, <laughs> but they're different. And so what might work for this kid does not work for that one. And you're like, I just I can't figure it out. Um, so the more intentional time you spend individually with each one, um, the more you get to know them and what makes them tick, um, what makes them grow, and what encourages them, and what deflates them. Um, so mm. that can support you in how you react when you come to situations where you have to be a parent um, in positive, not necessarily negative, but ways to help them grow and learn how to be a good good person. Yeah, I think one thing that Jake and I see in youth ministry is when parents and teens are talking two different languages. So mm -hmm. a parent, we can see, is trying really hard to pour into their kid, but in ways that make the teenager feel deflated. Or so uncomfortable. It's, or uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's not intentional, but <laughs> just knowing those triggers or those, um, just the way your kid's wired is so important, because mm -hmm. otherwise you can end up spending a lot of energy on something that doesn't yeah. work. So having seven different children in my home and coming from two different backgrounds into one new background um, is, is a challenge. Um, I have um, lots of huge ranges of emotion, right? I have a couple kiddos that really have strong anxieties about different things mm -hmm. based on their different backgrounds that they've lived in and experienced in their lives and their story up until now. Um, my daughter is a physical touch in your face girly, and she's got a lot to say. <laughs> we sometimes have to put a timer on her at dinner because um, it's important to us that we hear all of their voices so they feel valued at the dinner table. So we always, you know, pray. And then as we're eating, we go around and say, what was your, you know, favorite part of your day? And if they don't have anything to say, we'll say, well, what was a, what was a problem or what was not so fun today? So at least they have something that they can share. We get to Lily and she'll take 30 minutes. <laughs> and, so then, and we don't let anybody get off the dinner table until they've shared. So they're like, we're going to put you on a timer, the short version. Yeah. 
Um, but Lil just has to get everything out before she can move on to the next thing. So that mm -hmm. is important for us to know. Um, and then I've got a couple that are super quiet. Um, they have a lot to say, but they don't want to inconvenience you mm. with what they have to say. So they'll be kind of quiet and they'll, they'll sit, um, they'll kind of withdraw themselves a little. Um, and I know that about them. So I go and I sit where they are and I don't say anything. Um, and for a talker, I wonder why my daughter's like that, um, like <laughs> me, I get real uncomfortable. Like that's uncomfortable for me but it's important to that one child. So I'll go and I'll sit next to him and I won't say anything and he's playing his video games and about five minutes later, he starts to talk and he starts to tell me just about his day. Mm -hmm. And so I met him where he was at, where he was feeling comfortable. Um, it's not comfortable for him to come to me with what is on his chest and what's on his mind. Um, it's not comfortable for him to, if I'm making dinner, him to come up and talk next to me because in his mind, he might be bothering me. Hmm. He might be inconveniencing me. He might think that, um, you know, he's always trying to take care of me no matter what. This um, one child, that he, that's just who he is. And I know that about him because he spends, if you let him have free time, 90% of the free time he's going to spend is down in front of his video games, um, talking to his friends. Um, so if I want to join him where he's at, his comfortable spot is on the couch. And um, so that's what I do. So it's trying to, like she was saying, finding those intentional one-on-one -on -one times. It's mm -hmm. not about spending money or going on a daddy-daughter date or, you know, daddy-son date. Um, it's about meeting them where they're at and what they enjoy doing, yeah. even though it's extremely uncomfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's stretching me and growing me, and that's how God is choosing to use me in those moments. Mm -hmm. um, I have another child that has so much he's doing all day long, and he's trying to be the best version of himself. So he puts this pressure on himself because he wants, he told me this yesterday, he wants people to see him as strong. Hmm. Um, this one child uh, has had an IEP his whole education. Um, an IEP is an individualized education plan um, for special education, and he didn't know that he had it <laughs> until the sixth grade yeah. um, and he was in a homeroom with all the other students as they do um, that have IEPs and um, kids are observant and his buddies were like uh, why do you go to the stupid class mm. so my, this kiddo came home and he goes mom am I dumb I was like no you're not you just need a little extra help to make you the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, how can I get out of there? <laughs> it's like, you just got to keep listening and working hard to be the better version of the, what you did today, even better tomorrow. And think about doing it without that extra help. Um, you have to remember what they're teaching you and then just keep trying. And every day he goes, mom, I think I did a little bit better today. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, it cycles back, and even though he doesn't have to be in a homeroom with all of them anymore, in his mind, he's still dumb just because of one comment somebody made. So he works hard every day to be seen he's strong. He wants to be seen strong, and he wants to be seen smart. So he works so hard during the day. When he comes home, he doesn't have time to talk to me because he's exhausted. Yeah. 
Um, and then he needs downtime to play his games, and he doesn't want me sitting next to him. Like, if I sit next to him, he's going to be like, what are you doing here? Um, but for him, his special time is at night. So he always will, ever since he was little, I go in his room at night, and um, I pray with him. And I'll ask him if there's anything that he would like me to pray for him. And then in return, he always asks me, what can I do to pray for you, Mom? And um, he is so wise when he's talking to God. Uh, and as, he listen, as I listen to him pray for himself, and you can hear all the things that he was thinking about all day long because he's asking for help. And then when he's done praying, I'll say, tell me more. I think those are really important words any yeah. parent, um, tell me more. You're not asking a specific question, just asking him to elaborate on it, and so it's not threatening. And bedtime might be an hour and a half later when I use those three words, because he's got a lot to decompress. So I know that that's where he is finally able to let go of everything the whole day. So I know that was a really long story to get to what... Um, was that child's particular thing, but those three different kids out of my seven, yeah. that's their special time. Yeah, and I think it shows three different strategies or ways to meet three different kids where they're at really well. Mm -hmm. So um, how does knowing your child as an individual help them know Jesus? I think that you encourage their gifts and... Um, I think that then when you circle back and remind them of their gifts when they're feeling defeated, mm -hmm. um, and it really supports them in that way. Um, and it gives them strength. When you think that they would be crumbling and tearing apart, it helps them collect themselves and bring it back together. Mm -hmm. um, did I answer that? Um, I'm thinking about how when we show our kids that we desire to know them, it reflects the fact that God does know us. And mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of the search me and know me, oh God. So the tell me more is like, I want to know more about you, mm -hmm. which then can reflect the fact that they can go to God. He can ask God for help. And it's just cool that that it's a heavy weight as a parent, but it's also such a gift to be able to show that to your kids mm -hmm. um, in that too. And even one of the things that Jake and I admire about a lot of our um, parents of teenagers, teenagers are really hard. <laughs> they are. But it's so cool to see the families um, that the kids could really mess up, like major screw-ups, and they still want to go to their parents and tell them about it because they know that their parents want to know. And they've put in the time in the years before to, know, to make communication open, to have time like that to speak, and they're not afraid to say when they've done something wrong. Um, but... It takes years of mm -hmm. laying that foundation. And I think the other important thing is is that um, doing things as a family, yeah. because then they know that they can, they're supported by you, but they also build that bond and connection with their siblings if they have them. And I feel like that's super important too, because mm -hmm. um, they can help if you've modeled that voice and that, you know, they can help with that if you're not there. For sure. And I see the older siblings doing that a lot. Pouring into them like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, for sure. So you gave us a couple of practical steps for how to get to know your kids. Um, 
Could you talk back, like, when your kids were little? What okay. were some things that you did to get to know, like, how they work, how they're wired, all those mm -hmm. things? Um, okay, when they were little. Um, well, when they were little, at least once a month, I did just one-on-one -on -one time with just one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, I only had two, so I, <laughs> I didn't have seven. Um, and... I would say, you know, what do you want to do? It's just you and me time. So we can go anywhere. We can do anything. We can stay right here. Um, and my son, for five years, chose Barnes & Noble. <laughs> and um, I wasn't going to buy him anything. We just went and looked at books. And he wanted to look at minifigure books. Okay. There are a lot of them. Oh. <laughs> and um, that was what was important to him. And mm -hmm. so then when I got home, we would get out of his minifigures and we'd look at them and we'd talk about them and he would kind of role play with them. And I started to think, he's such a thinker. He loves to read. He's in his mind all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, I didn't, I don't even see it, right? I just see him moving things around. But by spending that one-on-one -on -one time with him, I started to get to know his little quirks and everything a little bit more. Um, and if something would fall over, like three or four things would fall over, he would get really upset. Um, and I'd be like, what's wrong? He's like, oh, I can't do it. And he would always say, I can't do it, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing that. So what did that show me there inside his head? He already had that negative, mm -hmm. his piggy bank that he had in his head, he had negative self-talk. And so I had to be careful with how I was going to parent him. Mm -hmm. Because I had, um, if I were going to say something negative, he'd already said it to himself. Mm -hmm. So having to think through how could I still be a parent and then address it, but do it so it wasn't so deflating. You know, oh, I can see that that, you know, that was, you know, probably not the best choice. You know, is there something that we could do to make that better? Um, is there something else we could try? Yeah. I can help you. Um, but he was always so hard on himself. So it let me know a little bit more about who he was and helped me to be more intentional with my parenting and helping him through different things. Yeah. Um, I think, so Jake and I are adopting. Um, and one of the things that they've been talking to us about is meeting your kids in play helps you hear how their brain works, which is exactly what you're talking about. Because when you know how their brain works and what they're telling themselves, you know how to point them to the truth that they need, mm -hmm. um, but you also know how to reinforce the positive things that they're telling themselves too. Um, but in play is such an important piece of hearing um, how their brains function and work, because mm -hmm. that's just their natural space. <laughs> yes, yes, and I did the same thing for my daughter. I always ended up at Old Navy. I always just wanted to play baby dolls at home, but yeah. she's a shopper. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it learned, I got to have that one-on-one -on -one time with her and it was just an opportunity for her to talk because mm -hmm. she has a lot to say. Um, I'm trying to think of, those were my main two when I, they were little. Yeah. That's how. I'm thinking right now, like if you do have a talker, giving them space to talk and not just shutting them down all the time can be hard, mm -hmm. but is another way to affirm the way that God made them. Yes. Um. But also teaching them boundaries and, and yes. limits of timers. And I will say that they, she was really good at calling me out when she was little. You know, when they're young, you're trying to do 5,000 things at the same time, right? There's lots of laundry, still is lots of laundry. Yeah. Um, cleaning, you're trying to get everything done around the house. Um, at that time, I was really, didn't really, I had 
a husband, but he wasn't around a lot. And so I had to do all the mowing and the weeding and everything that goes on um, for your mm -hmm. home and your family. And um, so I would just move my kids around with me. And so one day my daughter told me, Mom, put your phone down. <laughs> and I didn't realize that she was talking to me and demanding my eye contact. And this is what I was doing. And I was reading a book. <laughs> I was reading a really good book. I can't even remember what book it was now, but she wanted my attention. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, too, like, put down the phones mm -hmm. and... Um, I know that they're, when they're wanting to talk to you, when they're opening up their voice to share with you, to not be on a phone or a device. Yeah. Um, but then a really wise woman, Penny Honnold, um, mm. or Penny Charleston, she used to come here. She told me when my kids got older, I was like, Penny, they're not, my son is not talking to me anymore. She goes, do your dishes. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, when he's in the kitchen, you do your dishes. As they get older, they don't want you to look at their eyes if they want to talk to you. Um, and yeah. that was a very helpful strategy for kids that I haven't talked about right now. Um, when they do come into the kitchen and I'm cleaning and doing my dishes, they will sit and talk and share because I'm not giving them eye contact. Yeah. But I, my presence is there mm -hmm. um, so they don't feel as threatened. So, again, knowing your kids is important because... Yeah. They respond differently. For sure. I'm even thinking about um, just the, the way you get to know your spouse in marriage, knowing how they communicate in the best, um, the ways you grow closer together, knowing how they work helps so much. So it makes sense to do that with kids too. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm trying to narrow down my questions because I have too many. Could you talk to, like, I don't know what people, like, everybody's lives looks like, but where, could you speak in, like, some truth into where communication's really hard and you're in, like, a really low valley, how to yes. start from the bottom and yep. work your way um, out? When communication is really hard, uh, you have to just kind of let go of all the things that you're trying to fix hmm. and repair mm -hmm. and start from square one um, and not expect a back and forth conversation, but more about making statements or affirmations towards mm -hmm. them. Um, and again, not expecting anything in return. So um, just being a positive voice for them, like, good morning. You know, you can even say something about their clothes if you can't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that outfit today. Just making more statements um, and showing up. Mm -hmm. So um, for one of um, my children, being a blended family is hard. You know, he, they already have a mom, and she's a wonderful mom. So I'm this bonus person that gets thrown in their life, um, and I just get to love them. But I get to do it intentionally and it's expect nothing in return. Um, and for a big lover and feeler like me, that's kind of tricky. Um, but God helps me through that a lot. Um, and he shows me where to show up and he shows me where to be intentional. Um, and so for a lot of them, I do just those statements. Like, I'm happy you're here. Um, you're looking great today and, um, awesome job on that track. I just encourage mm -hmm. and uplift. And, um, I've gotten to do that now for three years. And uh, just this year, one of them was like, are you going to be there? 
I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think you ever cared if I was there. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. yes, yes, I will be there. Um, so I show up and I make sure that they know I'm there and I make statements and I encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't parent, but I'll say, but because I love you and I know that you can be better than what you just chose to do, that's why I'm bringing it to your attention. Um, I also let them know that my love is you know, um, unconditional and that sometimes they're going to feel different things about me, but I'm still going to be standing right there on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important. I think that God's love is unconditional and showing them that through your love too, because emotions, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, are temporary. Like you just keep, they're fleeting, right? But that love that we've been given from God, we can share with our children too. Um, and they need to know that, that we will have emotions. We're not always happy with the choices you make, um, but we're still going to be there and love you. Yeah. Um, I think the last question that I'm going to ask is, how did you, um, so your kids now, blended family, but mm-hmm. your two biological kiddos that you started with, mm-hmm. um, are so comfortable with conversation with you and opening up with you. Um, could you kind of just close us with where they're at now, elementary age, how can they invest in time now to kind of foster a relationship that will hopefully bear fruit like what you have with your kids now? Um, I know that all of our um, routines are different and it's not always possible, especially in like the busy spring season when you've got t-ball and soccer and things to have family dinners, but finding some sort of intentional time throughout your day where you get to listen to their voice. Um, cars are sometimes great for that, but, um, not necessarily always having a song on or having a device in their Mm. hand, but listening to them and talking to them. Um, and, not necessarily talking to them, but doing more of the listening. Mm-hmm. Um, listening is the most important thing you can do for your child. If you're always talking at them, um, then you're not giving them a, an opportunity to share their voice. And so then you don't really get to know who they are. Yeah. Um, for me, when my kids were little, I um, did their bedtime routines where we read books together in the same room, and then they went to separate rooms, and that's when I went in and I prayed with them. And then... I gave them five minutes of talk time, or I could just lay with them for five minutes. And that still helps me today. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I get in there every night now? No, (laughs) I don't. Um, But I do at least a couple times a week so that um, I still get to hear them. So I think that that was a practice I instilled a long time ago, um, was that I will listen if they have something to say and, and it, yeah. those two definitely still come to me and we still have those good conversations. Yeah. So sorry if I talked too much. No, you were great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I hope that you got a lot out of that. I also hope that um, you take time this week or this month and do your family scouting report. Um, not only to just reflect on your own kiddos and how God created them to be, but then also to take steps to be um, a little more intentional with them. So I hope you enjoyed that Amplify talk and we'll see you next time.